This is reposted. Every morning, Larry and I dig into a quote or idea that has caught our eye. Our hope is that our chat inspires you to never stop thinking and possibly challenges you in a new way. If you'd like to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash reposted. Thank you for stopping by. Full disclosure, we were supposed to have Myron Mixon on today. He's a four-time world championship barbecue winner. I emailed his publicist on November 29th, and we have been going back and forth. Today is May 6th. As we record this, it's going to air on May 7th. Myron, I confirmed with three of his publicists that he's going to be here today. He didn't show up to record, and it just kind of makes me think, just kind of even before we started doing this, you and I have discussions sometimes before big-name guests come on. I mean, early on, I think Carly Lloyd was someone we interviewed, and you're like, she's not going to show up. She's not going to show up. I had that feeling with Adam Carolla, who is one of the, the biggest podcasters out there. What is it about this phenomenon with a podcast? Now, like anyone can make up a press credential or just say you have a podcast and you, we have uh, maybe more credibility to get big name guests than we probably did before 2012 or whenever podcasting kind of came out. And I think that's kind of interesting that with, with the internet, you can have a lot more access to people than you did before. I mean, do you agree with that? Listen, in Myron's non-defense, by the way, I love that we're doing a spite show. Yeah, we're just going full spite on Myron. In his non-defense, he is the winningest man in barbecue. I mean, if I was the winningest man in barbecue, think Larry and Andrew, screw these guys. Wait for me. Wait 15 minutes. Well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you're making, you're making a joke about it, but also it's like, you hear about the most, this is definitely a spite show. You think about the most successful people out there. You hear stories of like, uh, Jay Leno, anytime people that know him call him, like he calls right back or whatever, like the people who are most successful say yes to things. And I think that's, again, I'm just interested in the fact that we have access to people that we didn't before. I think growing up, I thought like you would go to Los Angeles and you would take a tour and those people selling maps to the stars. Like that was the only way you might have a run in with a celebrity. Now you, you can buy a website on a website builder for 20 bucks, throw it up. say you have a podcast and all of a sudden you're chatting with uh, Olympic gold medalist, Carly Lloyd. It's just, it's crazy to me. Uh, you know, and you, you're in Hollywood, so you get this, right? Are you the same person on the air, on the set as you are off it? Like, you know, Myron, maybe he's big time on us here because he big times people. That's what he does. Or maybe his publicist, if we're thinking positive, didn't give him the number or whatever. But like, I have had tiny little brush with fame, been on radio stations and people kind of want to meet me or whatever. And I hope that the, I'm the same person when they meet me backstage at something as I am on the air. And I think that, like you said, Jay Leno seems like he's that guy, but is Brad Pitt that guy? I don't know. I mean, Brad Pitt doesn't seem like anything to me. So I've never run in, run into him, but I've heard this analogy. I'm not going to take credit for it. I think Corolla, I heard it from the people that seem the most bubbly and fun, like have a dark, deep past. Like Rosie O'Donnell, like used to have her, her talk show. And she's like, he's a cutie patootie. And like would have Tom, Tom Cruise come out and then like she came out, chopped all her hair off and like seems a little bit more aggressive than I thought her 90s persona was. Ellen kind of had a thing happen last year with because she's always dancing and fun and and it comes out that she's 
not the most fun person to work with. Um, I like, I think the most successful people probably are the same on and off air because it's hard to keep up with how you're supposed to be. You know, it's like, so Carly Lloyd that we've had on or anybody else, right? But Carly's an interesting one. Like her publicist says, like, here's your call sheet today. You're going to do like 10 podcasts or 10 interviews or whatever. Here they are. And then she rolls up on our dog and pony show. And I think she gives it like the legit show that it is. She doesn't like, you don't, I don't sense any like bored in her voice when she's doing it. Right. And um, I, I think, can you be in, like, does it matter if you're, all sorts of bands say this, like didn't matter if you're playing a one people or a billion people. What's his name? Uh, the guy from Foo Fighters uh, has a new Dave documentary. Grohl. Yeah. He's like, man, he opened his very, Foo, Foo Fighters. Very first big thing they did was a David Letterman. Right. And they usually like a band goes on and plays one song. They played the 12 songs, but they didn't tape them all. They just played one. And he's like, we just love playing music. Like just Carly Lloyd, just like talking about her life that, it doesn't matter if she's talking to me and you and 10 people or a billion people. That's the like legit people. Yeah. I th- also, I love Carly Lloyd, but it's like, it's easy to talk about yourself. We weren't saying, Hey, can yeah. you come on and give us a presentation <laughs> on non-fungible tokens? It was, Hey, 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 hey. that'd be me by the way. Uh, but yeah, I guess it's kind of a testament of, if why you got into what you're doing, Dave Grohl probably got into it because he loved playing music. I think I heard a story that, he went on tour with, oh, this might not be right. He went on tour with, oh, he went, this is it. He went on tour with Tom Petty and Tom Petty, like after Nirvana broke up, was like, hey, just come ride with us. And like, they were very established. And he's like, you know what? It just doesn't feel right. Like, so he started the Foo Fighters who arguably might be bigger than Nirvana. But it's like, if you do what you love, you're gonna, the the happiness you're doing is gonna shine through versus I wanna do this because I want to be famous. I think the actors are the most visible version of that. Like if you get into it because you want to make money, you probably won't have a long lasting career. Even if you have some early success, you're not going to want to keep doing it. So that we stay positive and start, keep talking about Dave Grohl and not Myron Mixon who stood us up today. Dave has this new documentary out called get in the van. And it's all about how bands got started. And so he had made millions of dollars with Foo Fighter, I mean with Nirvana, Uh but then started the Foo Fighters but he wanted to start out like a normal band. So he bought a van. He could have had them chartered and flown all over, but he literally bought them the old, what you think of starting band van. And they drove the country and did it in that. And his point was so that they could go through the journey together of being a band that kind of started from the bottom and went to the top. And he still owns this crazy van and he drives his kids to school in it. (laughs) That's awesome. I think uh, we've I think we've talked about this before, but a shared traumatic experience really brought bonds people together. I really haven't had anything like that maybe since uh, high school sports. It's like you go through something difficult. We were talking about how you had a, a coach that gave you a bunch of MFers and whatever, <laughs> and you go through this verbal abuse, but it's a shared traumatic experience. And I think that's why a lot of people get out of the, the military and are very close, especially if you are an active duty, you're very close and you have a bond that no one else can understand with the people that you're on the front lines with, like Dave Grohl in the, in the van. Like if you just bring someone in and it's like, all right, here's your personal jet. I'll meet you on stage. Like the chemistry won't be there. Hey, so I have all these questions about the keto diet. Should I just ask you instead? Pronounce keto. 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 Well, also our shared experience, you started off in a closet and now you're in a beautiful studio and I started off in whatever I started <laughs> off in. Now I have an office. 
So we're, we're growing, but at heart, we went through our shared traumatic experience. Uh, I think keto is basically the, <laughs> the, new, the new Atkins diet. Is that what is that, that is? Well, what's, so. the, what's the difference between Atkins and keto? Uh, I think keto, you, I think you're supposed to be in ketosis, which happens when you're doing intermittent fasting or, or you don't break out of ketosis. It's like a certain foods trigger that, which is a, a biological process that your body goes through breaking down fat. Cause here's my thing. What was the one, uh, like, like 10 years ago, whatever the diet was where they like, they ate, I just know this guy was on it and he like paleo. ate a lot of meat, paleo, right? He ate a lot of meat, right? He was eating bacon all the time and eating meat all the time. Keto seems the same way, right? Keto. keto. My theory with this is like on the Serengeti when like <sighs> man killed like a dinosaur, he would eat meat for a lot. And then he wouldn't eat for a bunch of days, right? So our bodies were designed to eat a lot of meat and then try to go kill the next dinosaur, but it would take 10 days. So you wouldn't eat for 10 days. So all you're eating is meat. Yeah, he'd go he'd go home to his wife that had been working <laughs> at CBS. Come on, man. Uh, well, this has been a silly show. We had fully proud Myron. If you want to find out about his new book, go to MyronKetoBBQ.com. <laughs> I'm Andrew Keller for The Man on the Serengeti. Thanks for stopping by.